Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast with Steve Schellenberger. You're listening to the show that is guaranteed to help you transform your life and achieve results that otherwise would have seemed difficult or even impossible. In each episode, you'll learn from someone who has achieved extraordinary goals. Steve is the number one national best-selling author. He's successfully started 11 businesses in three separate industries. He is a highly sought-after keynote speaker and corporate trainer for organizations around the world, an executive coach, the father of six, and the founder of Becoming Your Best Global Leadership. Here is Mr. Steve Schallenberger. Welcome to our Becoming Your Best listeners, wherever you might be in the world today. This is Steve Schallenberger, your host. And I'm looking forward to this podcast today. Christmas is a special time of year. As Lloyd Newell uh, mentioned from the spoken word, he shared there's something undeniably special about Christmas time. It's a season of beloved songs and stories, of treasured memories and traditions. People of all faiths and cultures can sense that something changes for the better at this time of year. And in the most personal and intimate ways, Christmas brings people together. And yet, for the very reason, Christmas can also be a time of profound loneliness for some. And what brings joy and cheer to some families reminds others of of what they lack. So many are in need. So many could use some cheer, so so many wait for a visit, an invitation, a phone call, especially during this season. And after all, noticing the needs of others and reaching out to them in love is really what makes Christmas so special. Now, Christmas time is celebrated by billions throughout the world. And this has been so for over two millennia since the birth of the baby Jesus. And Many books, movies, productions, poetry have been made that help in that celebration. One such book and production is How the Grinch Stole Christmas by Dr. Theodore Seuss. (laughs) Here's one of the quotes uh, from that production. And the Grinch, with his Grinch feet ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. And he puzzled and he puzzled till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. What if Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store? What if Christmas perhaps means a little bit more? Oh, I just love that wonderful quote, because it means a whole lot more. And another wonderful production, book, and story is the famous and touching Christmas Carol written by Charles Dixon, or Dickens, excuse me, who actually went through a transformation himself as he was trying to write, which was his profession. And he could not really think of a story to write. Well, that's a predicament for a writer, isn't it? And he had uh, debts pressing in on him. His father had been previously committed to a debtor's prison. And now he owed people money. And he had a family and children. And he felt the pressure to provide for them and felt the same fate might befall him. 
and what to do. And he walked the streets uh, late at night and finally was touched uh, by a young young person who was coming home, child labor, uh, from a, um, a factory. And all of a sudden, he went through this transformation of how people could be different. And, and then he wrote the Christmas carol about Scrooge. And the angel of Christmas past and present and future. And the renewal time, the fact that there was hope that people could change when they could see things from a fresh perspective. And so Christmas is a time and a space that invites the spirit of becoming your best. And this, this is a spirit of hope and encouragement, love and kindness that brings greater happiness, peace, and prosperity to each one that, that tries that. And becoming your best is both a state of reflection and action. And so one of the greatest gifts provided by Jesus is an example of leadership that stands out as a beacon to every person today. We are reminded that great leaders produce great results. And we're also reminded that it is ordinary people that learn and master these principles that produce great leadership. And as we practice these principles, uh, they and you and I become better and better and ultimately become great leaders. And it is Jesus' example that is a reminder that leadership is not defined by position, power, or wealth, because we've seen many people and examples where individuals have had power, uh, position, or wealth and not really exercised great leadership to get great results and then sometimes even contributed to the human condition being worse off. <laughs> but it is defined by our action in all walks of life. And in this podcast today, uh, and during this wonderful time as I've been reflecting on Christmas and the purpose of Christmas and who caused Christmas in the first place. I wish to share some of the examples of leadership that you and I can learn from Jesus that helps you and I to make a world a difference in the world every day as a leader. Not just a regular leader, but a, a great leader. One who quietly, many times, makes such a difference. So I've come up with 10 today. No doubt each one of you can think of leadership traits, which Jesus taught us through his example. And uh, you may add to these. You will think of your own stories. I'll illustrate each of these uh, as I have thought of some examples, but you'll have your own as well. The purpose is for us to take time during this wonderful time of celebration to reflect upon the master who set such a great example for us. So number one, Jesus had character that you could count on him. He was tempted by Satan at the beginning of his ministry, and he was obedient. Uh, the New Testament really is replete with striking 
brightly displayed examples of Jesus' character. Uh, We're all well aware that following his baptism by John the Baptist and as a preparation for his public ministry, uh, Jesus fasted for 40 days. He was also tempted by the adversary to inappropriately use his powers. So, for example, to satisfy physical desires by commanding the stones to be made bread or to gain recognition by casting himself down from the pinnacle of the temple or to obtain wealth and power and uh, honor in exchange for falling down and worshiping uh, Satan. So it's interesting to note that this whole overarching and fundamental challenge to Jesus is in each of these three temptations is contained this taunt. If thou be the son of God, Satan's strategy in essence was to dare this man to improperly demonstrate his God-given powers to sacrifice uh, his modesty and thereby betray who he was. And thus uh, the devil attempted repeatedly to attack Uh, Jesus' understanding of who he was and his relationship to his father. But Jesus was uh, victorious in this, uh, and it is a perfect example of being true to character. In other words, knowing the difference between right and wrong and taking the right path. And so each one of us has this opportunity every single day to choose the right things to do, and that is being true to character. Number two, Jesus outlined a clear and inspiring vision that pointed to the way. And this is very powerful. Now notice that a vision is the direction that we should be going. So here are a few examples. Jesus knew that he must be about his father's business. And we see that, by the way, I'll use uh, the generally King James Version as my text of reference to outline this. As he talked about in that in Luke, it's described uh, chapter 2, 49. And in the last days of his earthly life, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem, where he knew he would be killed. And so it is said that the fundamental mission of Christ's time on earth was to fulfill the plan of salvation for all. And this is described, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed on him should not perish, but have eternal life. And then, of course, Jesus also said, I go to prepare a way for you in my father's house are many mansions. Now think of this, these great, bold, wonderful visions, vision that gives people hope. It gives them a direction. Uh, it gives them a reason for doing what they did. And, and the last part example I'd like to give is after Christ was crucified and resurrected he, uh, and spent time with his disciples, uh, before he was taken up, Here is the last thing that he said to his disciples. And it's found in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, this is the vision, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, 
teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the earth. Well, what an inspiring division, he, uh, vision. He could have shared a lot of things, but this gave them the marching orders. Now, whether you are a Christian or not, regardless of your religion, what we're talking about here today are powerful principles of leadership that can help any leader. I'm using uh, the example, of course, of Jesus, and I appreciate that. I strongly uh, believe in him. Uh, I also understand there are others that see things differently depending on their background and experience, but these are powerful things that have changed the world, and a great example. So that's two. Number three, Jesus understood that there needed to be a plan and goals to realize his vision. So as we think about his life, he systematically set up one thing after another. And as you read the Bible, it's clear he had a specific set of events that needed to take place in order to set a strong foundation for what he wanted to accomplish. So first, the 40 days of fast. Then meeting his cousin, John the Baptist, and being baptized, showing the way. Then inviting others to follow him. And he established the 12 apostles and started bringing form and organization. Then he taught the principles of the gospel to him and to the world and so forth. Line upon line, he set each of these things. So this is, again, a model to each one of us. And he didn't do all of these things in one week. And the model is, is that we have character, we set a vision, and then we set a plan for ourselves to realize that vision. And this can be done through annual goals, periodic goals, and getting organized. Now, number four, Jesus prioritized his time. He was a good time manager. He didn't squander time. But more importantly, he planned, and I, I presume he did it weekly, uh, and so of what he would do each week. So just think about it. He's out there. He's organized things. Now, how do I use my time? Well, okay, I'm going to assemble the 5,000 this week, <laughs> or I'm going to teach the Beatitudes. So he gets ready for that and sets the time. I'm going to go to Caesarea. Uh, I'm going to have the last sup supper, and here are the things I'm going to do. So as we look carefully at the record uh, that is kept about Jesus, you'll see this time and again that he did prioritize his time. He knew to do what mattered most, and he would step back, organize, and then carry it out. Uh, these were the things that were thoughtfully planned out from week to week to do the things that mattered most. Okay, number five. Now, these first four that I just described all have to do with a type of a transformational leadership that sets the course and then organizes a way to carry it out and turn it into a reality. The next few that I've observed, these principles of leadership, have to do with building uh, a followership, if you will, a culture of inviting others to participate, of touching people's lives. And how does that take place? How do we engage 
other people and bring them along into this vision and, and release the greatness within. Well, he was a master at doing that as well. And so another principle that we learn from Jesus is he practiced the golden rule. One of our listeners calls it the platinum rule. A few examples, what I'm deeply touched by is the example of when Jesus raised the widow's son at Nain. Now, in order to do that, what is not well known is he had to travel most of the night to get to Nain. And so he, this wasn't easy for him. And here is the account, and I'll invite each one of us to enjoy it together. Soon afterwards where he had been before, he went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went with him. And I'm quoting this out of Luke uh, chapter 8, verses 40, 49, right in that range. And notice a large crowd went with him. They wanted to be around him. And as he approached the gate of the town, a man who had died was being carried out. He was his mother's only son, and she was a widow. And so imagine how painful this must have been for her. And with her was a large crowd from the town. So they shared uh, her pain and suffering. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion for her and said to her, do not weep. And then he came forward and touched the bearer and the bearer stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, rise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave to him, gave him to his mother. Well, fear seized them all, and of course they glorified God, and it went about uh, what he had done, that God had looked favorably on his people. And this word spread throughout Judea and all the surrounding country. Well, this is an example of Jesus being aware of a need and fulfilling that need, thinking of others. Uh, Here is uh, just a couple more quick examples, because each one of us, as we go through our busy schedules, have the opportunity to do similar type of things, of being aware of others. And these are the things that help build this community of of, uh, this culture of loyalty, of commitment, of engagement, of participation. Uh, And it turns from something that is uh, just a transaction to transformation. Here's another example. Now, when Jesus returned, a, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. And then a man named Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house, because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. And as Jesus, and so this was important, he probably had things that he was doing, but he kept things in perspective. And so it says, as Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. And she came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. And when they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. 
I know that power has gone out from me. And then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. And in the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. And then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Well, I love these examples and so many more like it where he took time for other people. And this creates a ripple effect. Think of the impact, for example, of the widow of Nain and her son. Or how about this lady? Uh, they just didn't go back and live their life as normal. They true, they too were transformed. And this transformation creates a ripple where it affects many other people. All right, that's five. Now number six. Jesus built and maintained trust with those around him. But essentially, he did what he said. He was consistent. And time after time, he said, I'll be here. I'll be at this certain place. And he would be there. Uh, and so, and especially later as people after his resurrection and reflected on his many comments, realized that what he is saying would take place all the time, and he delivered. And so Jesus did what he said he would do. And this is an important thing for every leader, is to be careful about the things we say we're going to do and that we do them. And if there's a problem, we communicate it. Number seven. Okay, well, Jesus was an amazing communicator and innovator. He listened, he understood, and communicated in a way that was helpful. And even in the face of his adversaries, he was an amazing listener and used his imagination to come up with amazing solutions. And this is a great set of skills and he modeled this so well. Again, listen to really understand, then to use your imagination to innovate to do the best thing. A very simple example of this is found in Matthew 22, 17 through 22, verses 17 through 22. And here is the example, and quote, Tell us, therefore, what thinkest thou? And this is being asked by uh, the Pharisees and Sadducees, trying to trip him up, okay? Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? Well, Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? <laughs> Show me the tribute money. And they brought unto him a penny. And he said unto them, Whose is this image and superscription? And they said unto him, Caesar's. Then saith he unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. And when, <clears throat> excuse me. And when they had heard these words, they marveled and left him, and went their way. Well, now, as we navigate our way through the daily challenges, weekly challenges of life and business, 
Uh, we'll have many great opportunities. We'll also have challenges like this at people that mean us harm. I love what he did in every circumstance that I could see. He listened, really tried to understand, and in this case he did, understood what was happening, and then was able to use his imagination to give the right response. This takes practice, and uh, it takes practice in our home situations as we build our teams and lead our organizations. Number seven, Jesus took responsibility and was committed to gaining and applying knowledge. This is illustrated quite simply uh, by the description of Jesus in Luke 22, verse 52. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So I love that particular description of him because it describes a person that regularly studied. We knew that he studied uh, uh, the scriptures. Uh, he also paid a great deal of, of attention uh, to the government, to things that were taking place, and he did it in a way that he grew and that uh, he also developed strong relationships in a way that he treated other people well, respectfully. So as you go back and think about that, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Okay, number eight, uh, and I'll just summarize these at the end. Jesus lived in peace and balance. He frequently took time for renewal and to stay focused on the things that mattered most and to maintain his balance. Many times after a long day, he would retreat by himself into the mountains or a place where he could be at peace to step back, to put things in perspective, to realize what mattered most, to live a life in balance. I appreciate his tremendous example of doing that, and there is no doubt that he gained great strength and perspective from, from doing that. Number nine. Oh, that's probably, this is, excuse me, number, number 10 here. Jesus never gave up. He set the ultimate mark of never giving up by seeing things through even to the last week of his mortal life. And uh, he, every single one of us, by the way, does have setbacks. I mean, they might be discouragement. Uh, things don't work well. Uh, we lose in some way. We suffer a unimaginable financial failure or setback. We lose someone that we care about deeply that's close to us or maybe even suffer uh, a major health setback. We all have these challenges, and we fortunately have some successes along the way, which helps. But Jesus clearly knew what he needed to do and that this last week would be excruciating, as life can be for many of us as well, but nothing close to what he was going to go through. He suffered in Gethsemane. He was betrayed by those closest to him. He was beaten, sped upon, saw his mothers and followers suffer. 
He had to carry the cross, and even throughout all of this, on the cross, he was aware of the needs of the others, others that were being crucified, and also his mother that was at his feet. He understands. He certainly has been through it. Just can't imagine that. So grateful for his example. So when you get discouraged, there, there will be a brighter day. Don't lose hope. Things will get better. Keep getting back up. One front and one foot in front of the other. Keep going forward. We may go backwards, but keep pushing forward. And things will ultimately turn in your favor. And the fight is worth it. To summarize these powerful leadership principles taught to us by Jesus, let me just quickly review them. Here are the 10. Jesus had character, and you could count on him. Number two, he outlined a clear, inspiring vision that pointed the way. Number three, he understood there needed to be a plan and goals to realize the vision. Number four, he prioritized his time. He consistently took time to step back and each week really think about what mattered most. Number five, he practiced the golden rule. Number six, he built and maintained trust with those around him. Number seven, he was an amazing communicator and innovator of finding solutions once he understood. Number eight, he took responsibility and was committed to gaining and applying knowledge. Number nine, he lived in peace and balance. And number 10, Jesus never gave up. Now, regardless of your beliefs or religion, religious persuasion, Jesus continues to be a beacon of life, light to the world today. He wasn't president. Uh, he had few resources. Uh, he didn't hold elective office. But the power of living by these powerful leadership principles continues to bless us today. And as we learn to adopt them in our own life, they will have a similar power. And during this special time where we celebrate his birth, we can also celebrate his life, his message of character, vision, planning, caring, loving, communicating, living in the now and never giving up can give hope and peace to every one of you and me. I join with so many of you in addition to admiring him as an extraordinary and remarkable person and leader, but I also gratefully recognize him as my Savior, Redeemer, and friend. And perhaps the greatest gift in all human history is the resurrection and his promise that he will one day return and will share this blessing of the resurrection. Each one of us will be touched by and death and even experience death. The crowning event of Christ's ministry is what happened in the garden tomb. I love this account of it. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. 
and they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, and this is the transformational, life-changing event, why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. And remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. Well, during this, what a, an enormous descriptive way to describe the hope for mankind. I'm so grateful for that. Well, during this special time of year, may the life of Jesus Christ inspire us to follow his example every day of our lives. And as you do, as I do, we will have greater happiness, peace, and prosperity. Now that is becoming your best thinking. <laughs> and we wish you a wonderful holiday season and a grand new year. This is Steve Schallenberger of Becoming Your Best Global Leadership, wishing you and yours a wonderful holiday season and a grand new year. And thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Becoming Your Best podcast. We want to know what your big takeaways were, so head on over to becomingyourbest.com and you can find all the information about the podcast right there as well as the show notes page where we'd love to hear what you thought about each and every single episode. Also, if you haven't done so yet, please go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a rating and review. A rating and review is by far the best way for you to show your appreciation for the show because it helps other people find out about the show and decide if this is the podcast for them. So now it's all in your hands. It's time for you to go out there to take action and truly start becoming your best.